She was only in the womb when death made her mother a single parent. Death with its suddenness ripped her father's life away from the family. So all this talk of God as a father was a foreign concept to her. But like learning a foreign language, she had to learn about knowing God. To know is not some theoretical episode in life. To know means to take knowledge and put it into some dynamic function. She did that. She expresses her love for her Heavenly Father in the way she lives her life, worshiping Him by the choices she has made and continues to make. But more importantly, the way she treats those around her, even the stranger within her gate. I know this personally because she married into my family and her life has always exemplified her love for her Heavenly Father. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to a new series of studies. This one's on the teachings of Jesus, and we have three new hosts, and I'd like for them, well, not, well, three new hosts, yes, because Jared, you've been on the show before, right? Right. So go ahead and introduce yourselves, let everybody know who you are, and we'll start from there. My name is Jared Lutz. I'm a graduate of Andrews University, and I currently teach English at Spencerville Adventist Academy. My name is Bethany Anderson, and I am a recent graduate from Loma Linda University in my master's in public health. My name is Josh Rosales. I'm an IT director for General Conference uh, Treasury Sunplus Department. I'll throw that out. Huh? Hey, Josh. <laughs> Josh, Jared, and Bethany, it's good to have you guys here. Josh, you. since you're the only one that speaks a different language, would you read scripture in English and pray in that other language? Absolutely. Thank you. First John chapter 3, verse 1, uh, and it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Let's pray. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos, santificado, glorificado sea tu santo bendito nombre. Te damos gracias por la oportunidad que tú nos das de estudiar tu santa palabra y te pedimos de que ahora que vamos a, a hablar, a discutir eh, el tema, temas bíblicos, que tú seas con nosotros. Danos la sabiduría que necesitamos para que lo que compartimos con nuestros amigos sea de bendición para cada uno de ellos. Todo esto te lo pedimos en el nombre de Jesús. Amen. Thank you. Now, this, this study goes, of 13, goes through concepts that most people should be familiar with. And as I was going through them and we're getting ready for the, the, this series, the more I studied it, the more I went, well, do I really know what this is about? I mean, God is a father. When I was, had to come up with, when I was doing this intro, I thought about, okay, if you didn't have a father, mm -hmm. how do you define that? So how do you, yeah. how do you personally define a father or a heavenly father. Well, I, everybody looks at Beth and go <laughs> pick on the only non-male here. I think, well, for me, um, I, I don't know. Anytime I hear the word father, it, it invokes a certain, well, personality. Uh, and, and for myself, my dad uh, is a pastor, and he has an extremely inviting personality. Uh, someone that is easy to talk to, someone that is knowledgeable about things, that can bring you information on, on really anything. I, I always feel like my dad knows everything. Uh, and so when I think of my, my dad in, in relation to the Heavenly Father, um, it, it's the same kind of emotion for me that, that comes up. It, it's that, that notion that God knows everything about me. He knows anything that I could possibly ask him, uh, just like I've always felt my dad knows everything that I could possibly ask him. So it's very similar. 
Yeah, for me it's similar as well. Uh, I make the association with, with God the Father, uh, similar to the one to my earthly father, right? I mean, I to me it's someone that I can go to uh, for wisdom, someone that I can share with, with my successes, the sad moments in my life, you know, the challenges. Um, and someone very real that uh, I can I can talk to no matter where in the world I happen to be. Right. For me, it's a little bit different. Um, my father died when I was three, so mm -hmm. for me, getting mm -hmm. to know my heavenly father is like reintroducing myself to somebody who I have no, no concept of. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, having a relationship with God, every time I try to like read the Word and like get to know Him, it's like I'm I'm becoming friends and becoming the daughter of somebody who I don't really know. Hmm. So cool. it's a different take on the yeah. Heavenly Father for yeah. me. How does, I mean, how does that work? Because you, now we've got three, two similar ideas of father, and then yeah. you've got Bethany, who's, who's got a different life experience. You've got, you've got other individuals who come from areas where, you know, they, they either had an abusive father, or they've had a non-existent father, they've got no good memories, no stories to say of this is what your father was like. Um, the, the introduction was talked about my cousin Josephine, who was, who was, whose father died before she was even born. Uh, but when I look at her life, I'm, I'm, it's amazing how the way she relates to the Heavenly Father is so different. So at what point do you take the definition of father from what is human to understanding a father that's so different from that word, the human definition? Well, the great thing for me is that um, the Bible set things up in such a way that regardless whether you have a, a father here on this earth or not, um, you, can, you can learn about the wonderful father that we have in heaven. Uh, for example, uh, by trying to learn his character, you know, and, and seeing what he has done for us um, and, and just seeing everything he has gone through for us mm -hmm. and then um, seeing what he wants us or one, what he wants to give us. To me, that's that's wonderful because the more we invest time, the more we try to get to know him, the more we realize all these wonderful things about him. And as a result, sort of get closer to him and truly understand what it means to have a, he a heavenly father. Right, I, I think to add to that, um, it, it's kind of cool when you look at someone uh, that may not have had a father or, or that kind of a figure in their life, mm -hmm. whereas God is, is the perfect example of Absolutely. what a father should be. Yeah. Uh, and, and what we're seeing is exactly like what you're saying, Josh, um, you have these, uh, these certain things that he has been willing to do for us, mm -hmm. not the least of which, to sacrifice his only son. Absolutely. And, and, and when we're looking at uh, a model for someone to look up to, mm -hmm. to seek knowledge from, yeah. he's perfect. And, and it's, it's just, I don't know, for someone without a dad, I, I think that it provides a lot of comfort, hopefully. So you don't define... God from, an ex from a human definition of the word father, but you define the human father by definition think, of God. Yeah, I think he is the example. So the example yeah. starts, because oftentimes right. we go the other route, we say, okay, here's the, what the, the, your father right. provides, comes, this is what yeah. a father does, so God's going to be like that. But what you're suggesting is the other way around, to say, this is what the perfect father is. I think so, and, and even though, I, obviously, <clears throat> our, our human fathers, or, or whatever figure fills that role, that is our example from the time we're very young. But once we get to know who God is, what he's all about, I think that that could fill in any of the gaps that we might have. Uh, if, if we don't have a, a good model on earth, I think that that just kind of fills in those spots or he fills in those spots to say, well, if this is lacking, God is never lacking. And, and so that's what kind of fills in those, those areas. It, 
Go ahead. You can't really fill in those gaps unless you actually try to make that relationship with yes, them. Yes, right. that's right. Right. So, yeah. yes, he might, you might be lacking, in, your father might be lacking in some things, or you might not have that father at all. But if you don't take the time to actually get to know the Heavenly Father, it's difficult to realize that you're missing those things in mm. your life. I love what you said about that. Um, and I think in, in Christianity, as in many religions, we take the relational part of the, the religion and make it more theoretical. Mm. Right. Whereas yeah. in, in, in knowing God, it's, it's the relational. Knowing, knowing Christianity and, and the religion, if you don't take it from the theoretical to the relational, then there's that disconnect in mm. believing. Right. You yeah. were going to say something, Josh? Yeah, uh, what I was going to say is uh, I, I would actually like to propose a model that, that uh, takes both uh, aspects into consideration. For example, the the approach of of, of seeing uh, God as a father from the human father perspective, as well as from the biblical perspective, I think mm. that is is perfectly okay to to take the approach of understanding uh, God the Father from a. a a human father perspective, um, you know, if, if that's if that option is available uh, right. to you. But it, the the great thing about this, and, and what I think it's it's wonderful about this, is that the other option is is perfect mm -hmm. in in a sense. You know, that it doesn't matter whether you have a heavenly uh, uh, an earthly father. Um, if you try to get to know, the Bible shows you all the wonderful qualities that God the Father has. And if you take that time to make uh, that theory practice in your life, as you were saying, Favo, I think that you achieve a, a real experience mm. that, that many of us are, are looking for. So we look, what is important about knowing God? If you want to make this relational, what, is, what stands out about knowing God? What would you, t I mean, what are the aspects? What are the characteristics? What is it that makes you go from, okay, God to Father? Because the concept of God being Father is not just peculiar to the Advent, to the Christian faith. Oh, yeah. Because you've, I mean, if, look at, not that I've seen it, but the film <laughs> Thor is about, you know, Odin who's the father and gets mad at Thor and sends Thor down. All right. So I'm told, you know, this whole concept, sure. all the other religions have some sort of father figure based yeah. in there. And then they take it and split it about multiple gods. Hmm. But we come from a monotheistic gods. A system. So, what is it about God that makes you want to look at it, look at Him as a Father? Well, I, I would think for me, um, love. God is love. I think that we're always trying to look for love. It's something that you know, as humans, we crave. Uh, and I, I think that if we look at God as being the definition of what that is. Um, Again, it's just such a good example for us and, and what we should do on earth, and, and he's, he's the one to look to uh, for that answer. All right, Jared, you said God is love. So how do you take that concept? I'm coming back to the definition, but just jumping off mm -hmm. here. How do you take the concept of God is love and then say, okay, there's so much suffering in the world today? Hmm. I mean, how, does, how do you say a, a, a father will allow that kind of suffering? And yeah. no, we're, let's take it away from the, the whole world because, you know, everybody's a bunch of sinners except me. Uh, I believe in God, so I should not have suffering. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my father would never let me suffer. If I, if I break a bone, he, I mean, there was a t I was bigger than him. I'm taller than him. Mm -hmm. and I, broke, I, I was deadly ill. And I remember him carrying me down flights of stairs into the taxi. And in, the, in my befuddled brain, which is in a consistent condition, I remember thinking, how is he doing this? I'm bigger yeah. than him. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if I take that concept of what we said earlier, this human, mm -hmm. you know, human definition, how come God doesn't just come up and how does he let the, why does he let this happen? Well, I think it's a consequence of, of sin. 
um, you know, I think it was in his original intent, mm -hmm. but yet, you know, we, we find ourselves in an environment that uh, is conducive to all these bad things happening. The great thing about it is that I think that he's there for us, in spite of all that. I, I look at um, a, a classic book, To Kill a Mockingbird, mm -hmm. uh, and Atticus Finch is talking to his son. He's saying, like, I, I wish that I could shield you from all of the <coughs> bad things that are going to come in life. Uh, but he says, I, I can't. Unfortunately, I can only prepare you for them and, and guide you through them. And I think that, like Josh is saying, with the consequence of sin, it's something that we can't always be mm -hmm. shielded from. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I, I do think that with studying and, and with getting to know what God's intent is for our lives, what God's intentions are for us, it is like he's guiding us through. Mm -hmm. may, and we make, hopefully, better turns, better choices, uh, better decisions. Um, and and I, I kind of see it that way because, well, in that book, Atticus is like the ideal father. And, and if we look at that from at least an, a literary perspective, I think it provides a good example. I like, I like that definition, Jared, because, you know, you look at it and it says God's prepared us. He's given us all of this. He's given us a map for it. Uh, and, and as a father, that's what I, t I, you know, I, I know that I'm not always going to be there for my daughter. I cannot protect her. But if I can give her the skill set to mm -hmm. at least handle it, and if, if something <clears throat> does happen to get out of it, I try. And I, I can see that similarity. Now, coming back to the definition of God, for you to see as God as a father, how would you define it to someone who doesn't have that? who doesn't have that either from their religious spec, uh, mm -hmm. spec origin mm -hmm. or from their um, relational one. I think the great thing about God is that he, while he is our father, he is many other things to us as well. He's mm -hmm. our friend. He's her provider. And God won't force himself to be his to be your father if that's not something that you can identify with. It's like a stepping. It's like a stepping I guess you, a process, a stepping stone. So if you can identify with God being a friend to you, then that's where he's going to start. And then from there, you can build up to that relationship of, being, of him being your father. Well, and I think that Jesus exemplified that because he met everyone that he right. met where they, where they were, were. And, 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 and then qualified them and guided them through to a better understanding of who he was and who he is. And to me, the, the great thing about it is that I can see that uh, throughout the Bible, God is always trying to reach out to, to us, you know, mm -hmm. to, he's always calling us, uh, calling, uh, onto, uh, uh, calling on us to, to try to get to know him better, uh, to get to know his qualities. I know that um, um, I'm always trying to do that with my son, you know, I'm always trying to spend time with him and, and, and uh, just uh, show him different things and, and teach him about different things. Uh, and so to me, that's uh, sort of the picture that, that God is trying to do with all of us, you know, to try to reach out to us and just invite us to get to know Him better without really forcing us, just by choice, like you were saying. See, I, th I think that's the th that, that relational aspect comes in again. <clears throat> One of the things I love hearing from my daughter is her, her knowing who I am. Yeah. So somebody comes and says, well, your, your dad said this. And she goes, my dad wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, even, if, even if my wife <laughs> said, well, here's what dad goes, no, dad wouldn't no. have done that. And my wife's yeah. frustrated because, you know, she's trying to get her to do something. And then she, uh, she comes back and says, you know, she said this. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. She goes, yeah, right. You know, you wouldn't. <laughs> and here's my wife. I've lived with her longer than I have with my daughter. But my daughter does it just like that. Yeah. And it comes to yeah. building that relationship mm -hmm. and, you know, she wanting to know about more about me. Well, I, I think that uh, maybe it, it comes down to, 
for children, and, and we are all children in, in God's eyes, mm -hmm. you take him at his word, uh, much like your daughter might take you at your word. Right. If she's saying, no, he wouldn't have said that, it's because that's her understanding of who you are. And, and I think that if we look at God like that, someone that's consistent, someone that is constant, we know God wouldn't say that. Dad wouldn't say that. They, they wouldn't do this because he is this way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's an awesome example. Which brings you to this point where right now you've got people that go back to Scripture and they take whatever God says. And rather than looking at him for what he said, mm -hmm. say, you know what? He may have meant it this way. Right. And they try, to, they try to smooth it out to fit their lifestyle or right. their argument or whichever perspective they come from right. rather than look at him and take him for his word. And at this point in my daughter's life, she isn't a teenager yet, even though there are days I wonder. Uh, <laughs> you know, she comes back to the idea of, you know, this is what God, Dad says, or this is how Dad behaves, so this is what it's going to be like, and there is no pull around it because it's what I think I'm well-defined. But, you know, talking about fathers and the love of a father and everything else, you have to talk about the story of the loving father and the son that went away. Right. So right. when you look at this... Uh, what are the evidences that the, the son saw of the father's love? Well, this is Luke 15. Right. It's in the Bible. <laughs> so you're old. Are you sure it's in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, he... I mean, the father actually went and, and, and gave him his inheritance mm -hmm. when, right. when he wasn't supposed to, to, to receive it. Um, I mean, that's the first thing. And of course, we, we see, uh, as the story goes on, all the different areas where he... Um, almost like conceded to it. Well, not necessarily conceded, but he just he just gave his son what he was asking out of love. And and even though uh, I'm sure he pro he could probably see the the bigger picture, the his and, and and see that his son was just focused on that narrow uh, goal of, of of taking what it what was his and and, and moving out. Uh, yet his father. Uh, did what he was asking because uh, he loved him. Hmm. And even like, though his son left, he looked for him every single day. Like yeah. he went to the window and went to make sure to see if he could see his son coming mm -hmm. towards him. When his son came home, he went out and he met him on the road. Yeah. And when his son asked for forgiveness and asked just to be a servant in the household, his father did what he didn't have to do. He elevated him back to mm. the level and the status of son. Well, I, I, it isn't, I think that's the most stereotypical example, uh, but I, it's the one that I thought of as well, uh, simply because after all of these times that this boy had fallen short, uh, he still is welcomed home, not at an arm's length, mm -hmm. but the father brings him in. He, he says, I'm not going to make you a servant. I, I'm going to make you, once again, my son. Uh, I, I don't want to treat you like someone else. I don't want to treat you like you have gone and, and done bad things. I want to treat you like the son that you are. I, I want to treat you like uh, my most prized possession. Uh, and, and that, to me, is a wonderful look at, at what a father should be. Because, uh, I mean, in a sense, his son had resurrected. You know, I mean, he had come back to life. And here was the son that, uh, you know, he... Uh, had had left and, and uh, had, could no longer ever come back home, you know. But then all of a sudden here he was again. Mm. So I think uh, from what you were saying, you know, I, that, that's one of the best parts that I like too because it's it's like none of the other stuff mattered anymore. Right. Because he was back and, and he was alive again. So What I love about the story <clears throat> is the fact that it's been told in so many ways that as I hear you saying it. I'm reading through scripture again going, 
Bethany was talking about how, you know, he goes to the window and waits for him every day. That comes, in Scripture, it's, it isn't mentioned. It says, he, he, when he comes, he comes running out. But we've been told the story in so many ways. <laughs> I, and I, I'm not picking on you, because remember, I remember them telling me about how he ate the food that the pigs ate. Right. But Scripture doesn't say that. Yeah. It says, you know, he looks at the food that they ate and goes, man, I could have had better food in my That's parents' right. place. Yeah. And, and he comes over here, and, and Jared was talking about how his father says all these things. But the, when he says, I'm not worthy, the father talks about it. That comes from people telling us a story. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Scripture, the father just ignores yes. everything that he says. I'm yes. not worthy. He sounds like, well, let me tell you that actually you are, because that actually feeds the unworthiness. The father just ignores right. him completely and says, you know, just bring this over here. Yes. There's no right. up taking him back. Yeah, exactly. So you see the character of the father, which brings me to the question, which is not in any of the things we talked about earlier, but brings me to the question is, why do we call it the prodigal son when we take away the idea of the father involved here? I mean, I've heard people say it, calling it the loving father, but in somewhere in human history, we've changed it from being the loving father to about the prodigal son. And I think mm -hmm. in life, we've changed the idea of looking at God to about more about Very our existence. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that in general, we kind of are very introspective. We want stories to be relatable. We, we want to be able to place ourselves into something so that way it seems like we share an experience. Uh, and not that that's a bad thing, um, but I, I, I do think maybe on a positive note, if we look at it that way, I, I do think that from our perspective as Christians, it should be our goal to bring people closer or bring them back if they've gone far or for ourselves to come back. And not that, of course, our story is always about us, but if we were to look at it like the prodigal son and not the loving father, I do think that it should be about us returning or should be about us helping others to return. So, I don't know, that's my perspective. But. Well, it's interesting too, um, because, uh, and going back a little bit on, on the father perspective, um, back in those days, if, if, if someone was to come to their living father uh, and say, give me, give me what, what's due to me, um, that, was a, that was a big deal. I mean, it was just basically like coming up to, to the father and saying, you're dead to me. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it, and it's, it's significant. And, and uh, the interesting thing to me is that, uh, it, uh, going back to what you were saying, Favo, about, about the perspective that people have had uh, uh, on the prodigal son and not necessarily on right. the father, um, is that if the prodigal son would not have happened without the father. Oh, yeah, and so so even even from the very beginning, <laughs> it's one of the beautiful things about the scriptures. Every time you go back, you see something different. Hmm. I mean, yeah. you, it's not like you see it. If if you go there with the honesty to look for at scripture without letting everybody else's voice come through your head. Yeah. Not that I have a lot of voices in my head, but <laughs> don't listen to my sister. But yeah, uh, right. I, when you look at it, you see new things. Because when I started when I was studying for this lesson, I saw the thing about. The, the food for the pigs and everything else. I'm like, wow, I've never seen that before. And I've read this through this yeah. so many times because I kept looking at it. So we look again at the fact that we have two versions of looking at, at the father. One yeah. is the very human point of view, which says, okay, we're the important part of the picture. We're the, we talk about the prodigal right. son, right. as opposed to how Jesus might have been telling us about, here's your father. Now, you don't, may not have that figure either in the church structure at that time or anywhere else, but God's his father. It's always waiting for you to come mm. back to understand him. Yeah. Which again brings you back to the relational. Now, one of the questions that we have here is, uh, how do you help others trust this father that you cannot see, this heavenly father? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, when I'm talking to little kids, uh, if I'm ever talking to students that... This is the one I'm talking to little kids and he looks at me. <laughs> Fine. 
Christ. Not that you're a little okay. kid, but you have little kids. So when we talk about little kids, or when I talk to every younger students, then I, I teach high school. So when I talk to younger students, um, they don't know how phones work. They don't know how computers work. They don't know how any of these things work, but they know that they work. Frankly, I don't know how phones work. Uh, and then, so when, when we look at these kind of things, um, obviously I, I know what the process is and computers mm -hmm. and all of that and the electronics that go into it, but we expect these things to do what they're supposed to do. Even though, unlike what you were saying, yes. even, even <laughs> though uh, we, we, we don't know necessarily how it is or where it is or what's going to happen, we have these expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can place certain expectations on God and, and being the consistent and constant person that he is, if we're supposed to tell people about who this person is without being able to show them, well, I think that we can show them, much like we can show how a phone works or show how a computer works to someone that's very small. It doesn't necessarily require a ton of explanation because I think that sometimes then we might muddy who God really is by trying mm -hmm. to place so much explanation on this, uh, much like we could muddy Oh, the, the beautiful thing about a phone is that it works. Well, if I tell you about all the transistors and all the like microchips and everything, it might not be as exciting or as interesting or as appealing. And, and God, if you take him at his word, if you believe yeah. what it says about, or the, what the Bible says about who he is, and if you start building this relationship with someone that you may have only read about, but when it becomes real, we don't necessarily have to see this person to experience and to, and to be able to have a relationship. So it doesn't come down, it doesn't come to proof testing, texting the, no. the, the personality of the character of God. No. It comes to the, again, back to the relationship. Relationship, yeah. exactly. That's right. And, and I think that's the, the challenge for so many people that get so excited about religion that it comes down to, well, let me show you from here and let me show you from here and let me show you from there when the person on the other end may not believe any of that premise. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But if you could show them, it goes back to the introduction when I talked about my, my cousin again. If, if all she did for the people she knew was say, read scripture without putting into an action, then her definition or her, her idea of a heavenly father is, doesn't really exist. Right. And God wants you to build that trust with him. I mean, he asks you to test and approve him. So going to him and saying, okay, God, I don't know anything about you. Or I, don't, <clears throat> I can't really say that I trust you, but I'm going to start with this and like taking little steps to get to that point where it's just like, okay, I do believe, okay, I do believe that you're, you are who you say you are. Mm -hmm. It starts with that first step. Well, I think it's like any relationship. You know, if you meet someone the first day, typically, you know, you're not going to ask them to marry you or, or you're not <laughs> going to ask them to do anything crazy. Uh, and in the same way, when you first meet God, you might not ask him, oh, I need you to prove this right now or else I'll never believe in you again. <laughs> or at least we could hope that. I'm sure there are other people that would do that, much like there might be people that would meet you and say, well, you marry me. But when we look at this, like what you're saying, uh, it's exactly day by day, mm -hmm. building a relationship, not jumping into a relationship. Although that would be ideal and that would be beautiful and I'm sure that's what God would love. Uh, we are very hesitant about doing these kind of things and I, I think that you're right. It's a, step, it's a step process. But the important thing is for you to actually uh, be proactive about trying to seek that relationship mm -hmm. with God, the Father. Not just know about it, not just uh, think that, that by, by knowing about it you have what it takes. Uh, but actually going in and, and doing the work and learning about him through the Bible. 
I love the Gospels. As you read through the Gospels, you get a better de definition of God. I mean, that's the classic example because Jesus tells him about the Father in so many areas. Um, we're out of time right now. I'd like to thank you three for being part of this uh, season, episode, quarter, series of studies, however you want to define it. And we'll meet you on the other end of the study and talk about stuff again. Um, if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at uh, www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www. Sabbathschool, the letter U.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. We put that especially for people that wanted to hear it again. For Sabbath School U, I'm Falvo Fowler. Mm -hmm.